Welcome back to the Attack Podcast. As always, I'm your host, a shoebox full of loose applesauce, Jay. And joining as always is my co-host, a sock drawer caked in sour cream, Z. How are we doing today, Z? Pretty good, are you? I'm doing just fine. That's you know, good. just trying to live life. That's right. It's a shoebox full of loose applesauce. <laughs> Alrighty. Do you want to start? So, Venom came out. Venom 2. Yay, Venom. I'm so glad Venom came Venom. out. To let there be carnage. So let's preface let it, by like, uh, hold on, <laughs> hold it in. So I'll hold it. Uh, in. We kind of, I mean, we weren't super excited for this or anything, as of uh, probably evidenced by the fact we never like talked about it coming up or anything until like week of. Obviously, it's kind of like, oh, that movie's coming out. It'd probably be fun to talk about. We should see it. And there's not a lot of other going on. And so I texted you. I like, you want to see Venom? And you're like, not really. And then you've never seen the first one. Nope. Uh, but we got we got you out there. You saw Venom 2 Let There Be Carnage, didn't you? I did. And uh, let's I'm gonna give a little little story of my experience at the theater. Because I obviously where I where I go to school is a theater. It's a relatively small town. So it's not a very big theater. It's like kind of old timey, it's not very modern, it's like an old theater. And I go there and I'm waiting in line, but the way this theater works is that there's no like ticket counter. The ticket counter is the concession stand or concessions counter. So the th- so lines take twice as long because if you buy a ticket and you want popcorn, you're at that line for like three minutes instead of like 30 seconds. So it takes forever to get there. So I'm waiting in line. My ticket's ready. I just need them to scan my phone and then I can go in. And then they announce, hey, Venom's all sold out. Like you can't buy more tickets, but if you have tickets, we'll scan them. And then, and then everyone, in their infinite wisdom, these, like I don't know, scholars of the mind, decide that oh, that means I can just jump out of line and just walk right into the theater without them scanning my ticket. Like three groups of people separately had this idea, and the person was like, "Whoa, where are you going? You have to stop. I have to know you paid for this." I was like, and they just all cut me. And I was like, I've been waiting here for like 20 minutes for them to scan my one ticket. I just want to, I don't even want to see this movie. And it's just, ah, it made me so annoyed. Like it bothered me so much. You're glad you did, right? Glad I convinced you? No, I'm not. (laughs) I'm not. All right. So I'm never like, so you're obviously going to never see Venom 1. (laughs) The unique perspective. Of uh, of someone who's not seen the first one, um, although in all honesty, yeah. I, I I reckon you got the gist of it. They do a good well. I, job. I'll, well, I I will say I already know Venom. Like I know comic books, so like right. I don't really That's... need to watch. Like so, I know. So, but I I, thought... I will say I I did try to enjoy this movie. Like I try to be like, all right, I don't want to be like try to be super nitpicky. Just kind of let it happen and like not be. Annoyed. I tried my best. I really did. Bless your heart, Jack. I don't know if I did. Thank I you. I kind of knew about you. So, uh, <laughs> I, I, see, okay, so let's start by saying that first one that you've not seen, I don't think it's right, very right. good either. It's all right. I'm going to, let's just say, I'm going to try not to be super mean to, uh, well, fuck the movie. I mean, I don't really care if I'm mean, but I guess to the people who enjoy it or whatever, because we try to be those type of guys who, uh, you know, like what you like, and, and don't be a dick to everyone else, right? Right. Because we get enough of that ourselves for some of the things we enjoy. So, from each I other sometimes, that. too. Yeah. 
Exactly. So, but that being said, ooh, I don't know, man. I don't. I don't know what people see in that first one. Why it like was kind of popular and like made yeah, a good amount of money. I yeah. I because really I remember when it came out. Like a friend of mine saw it, and they were like, "You want to see this with me?" And I was like, "I really like would rather kill myself. Like I don't want to <laughs> see this." And they were like, and they're like, oh, fine. And then they went to see, like, actually, it was good. And I was like, I doubt that severely. I respect your opinion as a person, but I seriously doubt this movie was anywhere near good. I, I'm not going to lie. I don't think I went into the first one with that kind of attitude. I, I think I was relatively excited for it and thought it would be fine, I guess. So if anything, I was kind of a, a somewhat... A, disappointed by that first one i guess i guess i had higher hopes for it than it turned out um which again is why i was kind of confused by how many people seem to just think it was good like all right now that's solid and like again not to be you know fucking chills about it or whatever uh but a lot of people like oh yeah sony knows what they're doing you know they better like when that whole uh drama with i guess did this i'm trying to think timeline wise but i want to say that when like that whole drama with like oh is is marvel gonna get to keep making the spider-man movies oh no it would have been yeah i think this movie was out and so people were like oh look at they can make venom do they even need marvel yeah they do Uh, yeah 100 (laughs) percent, they do again whether you want to get into like the intricacies of disney's monopoly on the entertainment world and and any of that to me, these movies just are not very good. And so, like, as a straight-up, like, consumer, which, whatever, right? I mean, but, like, literally speaking, as a consumer of a, a product, it's like, I'm not going to lie, primarily the thing you're going to care about is uh, if the stuff is entertaining. Right, yeah. I don't think that Venom very much was, and I don't know why so many people seem to latch onto it as being real good. I don't know. I guess it's just someone, again, not to, you know, not to try to drag down anyone else, but it must just be people out there wanting something else out of their uh, superhero movies than, than we particularly look for. Um, yeah. Because I would say I, the tone of these movies are kind of weird and uh, not not like really what I'm looking for, but maybe some people are into that. Yeah. And, you know, more, I guess, like, you know, more power to him. Like I said, like you said, we don't want to be negative. Like, if you enjoy it, by all means, watch it every day, man. Like, if it makes you happy, like, more power to you. But, I, like, one thing I will say is that, like, I, I wrote a little list on it. I wrote Venom 2 Thoughts and a piece of paper, and I wrote a little, a little bit of my thoughts. It's not many points, but there's a couple. Final point, people clapped in the end of this movie. Why? Why did oh they do goodness. that? Are you serious? Uh, it wasn't a lot. Now... To to give credit to the people that I watched this movie with in a sold out theater, which I did not expect, which I should have, but I did not expect that at at the end when the credits rolled, like there was a smattering of applause, and I was like, "You're no, you're fucking with me! Like, no way, no way! You thought this movie was applause worthy? I don't clap. I've not. I don't think I've clapped at any movie. I can think of very few. I can think. I think there's two movies that I've been to in my entire life where applause has been rendered, and it was a sold out opening night. Uh, show for The Force Awakens, and it was like a sold and out. And probably Endgame. Yeah, it was a sold out. Uh, it wasn't the opening day, but it was like the weekend for Endgame. Only two times in my life, I think anyone's clapped at a movie. That's crazy. <laughs> That's like, <Man. laughs> 
Wow. Like, like, holy shit. What? All right. So I just, I was baffled by it. Let's get into something. Now, I'm going to get into a positive. Okay. I, well, I, I, I do can... have, like, I, I will say. Okay. What were you going to say? I was going to say, uh, I'm kind of going off of that. I thought maybe we should try to approach this doing a tactic that I've heard before on other podcasts when they talk about stuff is a, is a compliment sandwich where you right, of course. try to uh, wedge your, your crippling insults in between. In between uh, two, uh, there's not going to be a lot of breads here. I have, well, I have one compliment. Maybe we'll make no, I have two compliments. <laughs> yeah, an insult sandwich. So one of the things I liked that was like not a snarky... I have, I have like an actual positive and like kind of a snarky positive. So I'll do my non-snarky positive first. I thought that Carnage looked cool and that the lore around him was pretty comic accurate. Like that, that he refers to Venom as his father and like he's kind of gross and monstrous. I, like I, I thought Ven- Carnage looked like like menacing and cool. Like, oh, I, I will give it that. I'll give the movie that. I 100% agree on both of those points. I was surprised that they, by and large, they managed to stick pretty comic accurate with Carnage and his origins and his appearance as well. I think he looked really, he looked like Carnage does. And I liked that they did all the stuff with the, whatever you call them, the tendril kind of stuff because Carnage yeah. classically does have more of that going on. Um, he's more of like goop. He's like more yeah. goopy than the other symbiotes. Obviously Venom does the tendril stuff too, but I feel like, yeah, Carnage in particular is often depicted as having those coming off his back and all. And also the thing where he like makes his arms into, he can make them into like weapons, like axes and blades and stuff. That's also uh, mm-hmm. accurate. And I, I agree. It was cool. Now the snarky positive. I think uh, I know what this is because it's going to be my positive too. Is it? Is it? Is my, it I've, I've written... Is it that the movie was short? <laughs> yeah. I've written here, short movie, perfect length. <laughs> yeah, I agree. I thought that leaving as well. It's like, man, it was brisk. It moved at a clip, didn't it? Yeah. Nice 90 and minutes. There, I, was like, it, I was like, if that movie was any longer, I probably just would have left. I'm like, I'm done. Like, I don't <laughs> want to sit. Th- I, almost, I almost left before the end credits. I was like, I got to leave. And I was like, oh, but if there's an end credits... I gotta watch it, and there was, and it's the only like vaguely interesting part of this movie. Hopefully we'll get that at the end. Though. I'm gonna, let's, uh, let's not... yeah, perfect length. So... Now, because of that, uh, they don't explain a lot of stuff. I've written here. They tease a reason Venom doesn't like red symbiotes, but never explain. Because Venom goes, "Oh shit, it's a red one. I'm gonna hide." And Tom Hardy goes, or Eddie Brock's like, "What's wait what?" And then he doesn't explain. Like he's already That's... doing. Just have him explain. <laughs> That is true. They don't do any. I don't know. Yeah, that's a good. Got nothing for you. I don't know of it. I mean, I'm not. I'm not gonna lie. I'm no. I'm no Venom scholar. I've not read a lot of the Venom stuff in comics or anything. Um, so I'm not right. sure if that's a comic thing that they just found through it or what. But yeah, I don't know of a reason. It, it is. A, it is a comic thing. So I know a little bit about the Venom lore. The way the symbiotes work is that when the symbiotes have like a kid. Uh-huh. The kid has to kill the the parent. I do know that. So because yeah, because Carnage exists, Carnage will have to has to be strong enough to kill Venom to yeah. like, I don't know, like, truly strong like a. Do we know I don't why? Know. But is there any significance to him being red? Usually. Uh, there probably is, but I can't remember why he's red. Maybe red signifies that he's young and he's not like fully grown yet or something. Who knows? I mean, it is it is also like definitely uh true to the comics that venom or carnage is usually worse than venom like more powerful and like more fucked up i think as like a you know sort of like a, a twofold thing of 
Cletus Cassidy is a much worse human than Eddie Brock even. And yeah, the whole thing of Carnage is Venom's son and he has to kill him and also like he is traditionally more chaotic even than than the Venom symbiote. Yeah. I th- I, cause I think the Carnage one are, does Carnage become good? Uh, do they all become good? It's in the comics. It's strange. Does um, I know obviously Venom does. In a in a Venom is just like a hero now. Uh not anymore, I don't think. I think it's gone back again. I think I thought he was from the from the King in Black event oh, that just happened. That's literally just this year. Yeah, I don't know about that. I do know that yeah, that just happened. For the whole like Agent Venom stuff, which I want to talk about in a little bit. But he's Flash Thompson doesn't have the Venom anymore. It's, it's back to Eddie Brock. So I don't know. Right, I, I knew it's back to Eddie Brock. His son's involved too. Eddie Brock's son. Oh, um, it's, it's I know strange. that like Thompson has always been more or less a good guy, um, which is Carnage. Right. Son, daughter. Yeah, I did know that. Okay, sure. another thing I thought was strange mm-hmm. is when Eddie Brock's ex fiance gets the venom symbiote and she uh, she gets becomes lady venom and has like a slim feminine figure but venom takes over other women and just becomes a hulking monster <laughs> so i'm like why did they why did they do that very good point i they need I never thought of that yeah i was like huh i think that's weird they wanted to do uh sexy venom the sexy lady venom which is a thing in the comics <laughs> On occasion, of he course. Uses, I mean, it's like a couple like, um, comic covers where it's weird, sexy lady venom. <laughs> yeah, that is fun. She does that in the first movie as well. In case you were, oh, uh, does so, she? There's a precedent. There's a precedent. Okay, this is a precedent, but that's still weird that there's a precedent at all. Like, why? Yeah. Yeah. <sighs> so, like, I just have like, there's so much that I could just be like, why? Like, I just be asking why. Why does Cletus care about Eddie Brock? Really? Why? Why? Um, I have no clue why that is. Um, I don't know how he latches on him. So, for your for your benefit, the post credit scene of the first Venom movie is them being like, "Hey, Eddie Brock, Cletus Cassidy wants to talk to you." And then I I did know that he rolls up to the to the uh, prison, and Cletus Cassidy says. Uh, fucking, I'm gonna get out, Eddie Brock, and and when I get out, there's gonna be carnage, <laughs> and everyone's like, oh boy. Um, but I, I did, I I never watched the scene, but I did see the like, I've seen like the image of him in the cell, and it's yeah. like, oh, he's carnage. I'm like, there's nothing to explain why that is, though. I, yeah, I really don't know, <sighs> man. Like the problem with this movie, to me, is that, or part of it at least, is that it's. It's not like laughably, like horribly made. It's not. It's no The Room, right? It's it's it falls yeah. into that terrible middle ground where it's a film that is not um, like so laughably made that it becomes like wraps around it as interesting again because of how bad it is. It's a movie that but it's not good, but it's just bad and it yeah. has like to me it has like a significant lack of polish at points, which I don't understand um, because. Some- yeah. It has a budget. Um, it's pretty much the same as I budget the first movie. Um, but I just feel like the first movie had a little bit more polish going, and I don't know, a little bit just more generally. Um, and uh, even though we joke that like, aha, it's short, which is good. <laughs> um, I, it 
kind of feels like nothing happens compared to the first movie, which is only about 20 minutes longer. But I don't know, something about that, like, they seem to cram a little more. Because, like, there's no action scenes hardly to speak of in this movie. There's just the brief kind of encounters where, like, Venom and or really just mostly Carnage will use his Venom powers or his Carnage powers. I I guess I, I shouldn't trade that. There is obviously a number of scenes where Carnage is, is doing action stuff. But it's very one sided. Like there's not really, you know, a fight at all to the end. Before that yeah, he's a ramp he's yeah, on a rampage. He's kind of rampaging. Which I will say, if that's what you're into, I think it's done well and it's mostly interesting. Um I personally get a little bothered like I don't know again what the technical lore of this is, but I do find it weird when they just have like seem to have infinite mass to spread out from the symbiote and he's just shooting off yeah, like, the- infinitely long tendrils, it seems, and he can do whatever he wants. Because I feel like that's not, I feel like they rely more on the tendrils and stuff in these movies using that comics. Like half of the stuff that Carnage does is not him like running up to a guy and hitting him and smacking him around. It's just like shoot off a big tendril and crash a thing. It just yeah, stab it in the chest. So, but that stuff is done fine, I would say. Again, like you said, Carnage looks cool, and I think they do a good job of using him um, in the action scenes that they put him in. Um, man, but. The the acting at times, it's it's rough, man. Yeah, it's just not like interesting. <laughs> That's a big at thing. all. And more than I guess like, the like the one of the biggest things about this movie is that it's just kind of boring. Like yeah, even nothing, when stuff is happening, you just kind of feel like nothing's happening. And you're just like, man, yeah. what is what am I? What's going on? Like, it, what's what's strange? And strange is but. Uh, no, certainly the right word for what I'm trying to say here. During the movie, at least maybe it was a theater I was watching because it was a relatively big theater, and I sat towards the back. It was like it wasn't a traditional movie theater. It was like a where you'd see like a play or some something, and they've like re- remodeled it to be like a movie theater with like seats and stuff. I was really far away from the screen, so he was the sound. But like multiple times when like Eddie Brock or Venom are talking, I could not understand what they were saying. Yeah, I, like I the effects of Venom's voice are are so garbled that I was like, I don't know what he's saying. So I like, I don't know what's going on. Like, what is he saying to Eddie? I don't know. Yeah, see, I saw it in a totally normal theater, and I have the same exact complaint. I, I meant to mention that as well. Okay. Yeah, there is large swaths of, like you said, Eddie Brock's, and I think Venom is worse for me. Um, of their dialogue that is just completely um, inaudible. Yeah, exactly. Uh, which is no good. Like that's that's yeah, dumb. Just... like that's always the worst is when you can't understand what someone's even saying. Like massive points off to me yeah. right from the get go. And like I said, and this this is like gonna be a more generic thing about Eddie Brock's character, but like Tom Hardy's performance in this one and the last one is so weird to me. Like I don't know what he's doing. Like I don't know what this guy is supposed to be. <laughs> like I yeah. The, he's not much changed by having the symbiote like for just again for your benefit in the first movie he kind of acts like this before he gets it and obviously even in the parts where he doesn't have it in this movie he still acts the same i don't know why he's like this weird like kind of I, I don't even know what you'd call it just his the way he chose to portray loser well he's definitely a loser but just like the and obviously like talking to venom and stuff doesn't help but just the way that he's always talking to himself and acting all fidgety and weird and stuff, it's it's kind of strange. I don't I don't really know what they're going for there or why. But yeah, 
And like, oh. and also, it's not just him. Like, there's a number of shots in this movie or, or scenes rather where like it, it's that thing that I've talked about before where it just feels like they didn't let him do it a second time. <laughs> like, <laughs> the one I'm thinking of in particular is in the bodega there with the ex-fiance and her fiance, the the guy, Doctor whatever the hell his name. Dan. That scene is like so weird and like cringy to me the way that they that he does that i I don't know like the the weird little jabs he's getting in but they don't like uh, somehow they the space like the timing of it is that they there's like too much space in between him and also not enough space like i don't know it's just it feels like he's sitting there waiting like they wanted to to be waiting for like a laugh track or something as if we'd all be uproariously laughing (laughs) his weird little jibes and like he's he's making fun of the the like lady who runs the bodega, but he's also like talking past her, and just it, it's it's very strange. I didn't like yeah. that. I don't know why. Like something about that scene in particular just stood out to me. Like what, what is this script, man? Like why? In here's here's the thing I wanted to say. Right. Is that one of the things that the Marvel movies are routinely, uh, as in like the MCU movies that is, are routinely sort of like nitpicked for is being too quippy where too many of the characters are, are, it seems like everyone's trying to make jokes throughout the whole thing. Like no one can just kind of talk. It's, Oh, everyone, you know, everyone needs to get an equip, which I would argue is a bit overblown as a criticism. Um, but this movie takes that to the fucking to 11, right? Oh yeah. Every person They're just full movie, equips. It's just nothing but like the tone of this mm-hmm. movie is bizarre. It's all over the place because you go from it seems like you, you'll be going right back and forth from Carnage and Shriek like literally just murdering people and like going on bloody rampages. Ramp- yeah. And then it'll be like Eddie Brock and Venom like having a weird couple argument where he's smacking himself around his apartment and you're just like what what is going on? Yeah what am I, I meant to take from any of this? <laughs> like when they're Venom is like taking over him and like making him write, and like he's drawn the, he makes him draw the the thing from the cell, like the weird scribblings, and like he's just making jokes that whole time, and like it's this weird slapstick of like, ah, he brought can't control his own hands, I'll look at his hands go, and then like later on when they, whatever quote unquote break up and they're like kidding themselves and each other, it's just like, yeah, what is this? <laughs> like, uh, I. One thing that I agree, one thing that stands out to me a lot is that they focus a lot on the brains thing, but it never actually goes anywhere because there's a point where I thought they would address it where they're under all that rubble and Venom can't lift it up. And I'm like, oh, is it because he's weakened because he hasn't eaten? Like he doesn't have any energy, doesn't have any food. He keeps talking about it. But no. It's just that he had to get motivated by Eddie, and he was like, you can do it, Venom. He goes, oh, we can, and then he just wins. And I'm like, what is going on? Because I feel like somebody, the right, some writer who was working on this, or the writers, or Andy Serkis, the director, who I didn't know directed it till like today, uh, must have seen that the hundreds of Instagram posts that are like, you know, Venom likes chocolate because and brains because there's a chemical that only exists in both of them. And the like a million like did you know fact fucking posts all over the internet and they're like oh people must think that's f- interesting so let's make a whole plot line where they just only talk about brains where Tom Hardy just talks to himself about brains it's like what I mean, is going on why are we doing this 
I will say, that is a carryover from the first movie, the whole brains and chocolate thing. So, it's not totally out of the... Well, right, that's what I'm... Yeah. Do they, they mention it as much? Uh, I don't remember exactly, but it definitely comes up. Because, because, because I know he mentions that he likes to eat brains. Yeah. Because uh, That's why I was referencing those posts, because those posts always point out that in the movie, Venom eats brains, but it'll also eat chocolate because of that chemical. And then they constantly reference that chemical by name in the second movie. So it makes me think yeah. that they're like, oh, if we focus in on this interesting factoid, it'll make the movie more interesting. And it didn't. I don't, I don't recall exactly if if they mentioned that by name or anything. But they definitely, obviously the chocolate thing definitely carries it. Yeah, I don't know. Like, that's just right. a thing from comics. Venom just loves eating brains. That's what he's about. Right, um, right. I knew that. Yeah, I mean, it didn't, it, yeah, it doesn't really come up again until, I guess, the end when he eats Carnage's, or he eats Cletus Cassidy's brain. I don't know. They're always biting people's just heads off, so. Yeah, I don't yeah, know. So this they're just eating heads. This was going to sort of tie the thing I wanted to talk about with Agent Venom there. Just I figured I could use the opportunity to get out my soapbox here. So, this is going to be my, this is my classic bit on this show where I complain that comic book adaptations are either too close or not close enough to the source material. And <laughs> this is one where I think uh, it's definitely not close enough, which again, I try to be self-aware of when I critique this stuff because it's like, I do recognize that you should be trying different stuff, right? Like if you just do the exact same thing, uh, what's the point, right? Yeah, why even bother? Just read yeah, the comic or whatever. I try to have that mentality going into stuff. But this is the case of they've gone so far that it's hardly recognizable as the thing, right? And this is applies to Venom and Tom Hardy, both as characters, is that or Tom Hardy as, as Eddie Brock. Neither of them act at all like they do in the comics, which, again, is not, like, inherently a bad thing, right? But at some mm-hmm. point, when you have Eddie Brock being barely recognizable as Eddie Brock, and you have Venom being very barely recognizable as Venom, and you don't tie their origin into Spider-Man like it is in the comics, obviously, you kind of get far enough from the character where it's like, what what are they trying to pull off here with this universe? Because like on the one hand, if you're gonna do if like Sony, right? They're like, okay, we want to make a solo film or series or franchise whatever from one of the other characters we own i would say that venom is probably one of the better go-tos like venom is is a very like recognizable marvel character um yeah after his introduction there was periods in the 90s where like he was one of the most profitable uh marvel characters that they had so like i get it i do like it makes sense um but the way they went about it to me is so weird (laughs) like Especially because initially in the first movie they intended to tie it in more with, um, the MCU because because of the whole like licensing agreement that Marvel and Sony have worked out. I think technically, you know, Sony can just make a thing with Spider Man. Obviously, like even though that you know you have Spider Man going on in the MCU right now, I don't think that bars them in any way from making stuff involving their own Spider-Man, obviously as evidenced by like they've done Spider-Verse in the past couple of years. Mm-hmm. I think technically they could have just done, they could have done their own version of Spider-Man in this universe, or they could have like got Tom Holland to come in and do it. I don't know. To me, it would have worked better because 
it's left in a really weird place after these two movies where suddenly Venom is just supposed to be a good guy. Like, he literally is talking about in this movie, like, oh, we got to save the city, Eddie. And it's like, that's not that's not what he's about at all. <laughs> like, yeah. Even at his most silly in the comics, which I will say, like, it's not like Venom is one of the most, uh, you know, intellectual of comic book characters. <laughs> he's definitely had some stretches where he, his comics are absolutely goofy. But even still where he's left at the end of this movie is very strange because I don't know how you spin this into a larger Spider-Man sort of universe. Um, like, putting aside the fact that in these first two movies, they elected to introduce virtually no other comic characters other than the, a bunch of symbiotes. Like, the, mm. the enemies in the first movie, the villains, are just symbiotes. And then, Obviously, in this one, he's fighting Carnage. That's it. Like, there's no other than Shriek. There's no other like elements that are introduced. And when you've literally decided to just make Eddie Brock a good guy who has no connection to Peter Parker, and you've made Venom uh, a good guy who has no connection to Spider-Man, it's very weird. It's just creatively, yeah, I don't know what, what they're going for. What's even the point? The, yeah, the whole point of Venom is that he's the like he's what Peter he's like bad Peter Parker. He's like on a bad day. Like, I mean, just watch Spider Man 3. Literally, just watch Sam Raimi's Spider Man 3. They do Venom and they go, here's Venom. And like, people don't like Among... that in the movie, but they do. And like, it's more, yeah, I mean, they, it's the... more accurate than this. <laughs> yeah, it's, I mean, it's, yeah, it's actually just more accurate. I mean, besides the like weird emo Peter Parker and the dancing and. But like, the idea that Peter Parker puts on the black suit becomes more like violent and like edgy and kind of angry and then he takes it off and it falls on Eddie Brock and then Eddie Brock is consumed yeah. by it and becomes Venom that all that's what's supposed to happen what's sort of interesting about Venom is yeah is that Venom the symbiote hates Spider-Man because Spider-Man rejected him and Peter Parker or er, Eddie Brock hates Peter Parker because because they're rival fired, reporters and he gets him fired from his job but none of that applies to this version of Venom. Like you said, and like it's repeatedly pointed out in this movie and the last one, is that Eddie Brock's kind of a loser and like he gets his own he gets his own self fired. <laughs> like Yeah. And for that matter, and they kind of mention this, although they don't like in the first movie, Venom has a moment where he's like, Yeah, I'm actually a loser too. Like on my planet, I was also like a, a reject failure. And so I guess they've gone out of their way to like make him an underdog sort of good guy of like he's not you know he doesn't have reason to be mad at uh Peter Parker or Spider-Man so like he's not villainous in that way. I guess they just were like hey we're going to do it where he's he's just kind of an anti-hero like he's he's obviously got some some weird methods but he's he's just trying to be a sort of good guy which is fine I guess but it's just weird. I don't know cuz at the end of the day he still looks like Venom. Like, you look at him, and he's a horrific monster. Yeah, with big, sharp teeth and can so, morph. And, like... And wants to eat people's brains. Now they've gotten to this point where they're going to cross him over, and it's like, I don't know what they're going to do with that. And that's what I was wanted to say before, is, like, I feel like what they should have done with this Venom series from, from the get-go was they should have, if they wanted to do a solo Venom series, they should have done the Agent Venom sort of spin on it. And, like... I suppose you could make the argument that, like, oh, Eddie Brock as Venom is more of, like, a recognizable sort of character to general audiences because of 
Spider-Man 3 and stuff. But at the end of the day, I feel like it works much better as a solo sort of thing. Because, and whether or not you wanted to tie Spider-Man into that storyline either, I think it works better as, like, one, like, Flash Thompson has, you know, without the Spider-Man side of things, he has, like, a better reason for being capable of taking on a a symbiote because he's got that like the military experience and everything yeah and you also and he's paralyzed and then you could also do the version which is how it is with agent venom is that they are at odds with each other they're not working together it's like a constant battle for control where he needs to maintain like control over and like I think you could even do if you wanted. I don't know. Again, they, for whatever reason, decided around the time of this first movie coming out that they didn't, they weren't going to tie it into the MCU stuff. But I feel like you could even have an opening sort of scene where you have like Spider Man capture or like subdue Venom. And so then that's how they, you know, get the Venom symbiote. And then you could have had a, you know, also sort of towards the beginning because in, in this movie and the last movie, they definitely take their time in the beginning of, like, setting up and establishing who the characters are. Like, it's not like they just jump right into it or anything. Mm-hmm. But they kind of go out of your way to give them backstory anyways. And so I feel like you could have dedicated that backstory stuff to the Flash Thompson character and, like, show off his, like, origin and, and whatnot. And then you could have even done, like, a very similar plot to the first movie where it's just him fighting other symbiotes. But I feel like if you had done the Flash Thompson Agent Venom route, it would have been Way more interesting as a solo outing, and like yeah. I don't, it, it actually makes me wonder why they didn't do that. And you know, and when they if they did Agent Venom, then you could have just had him do what he does in the comics and just team up with the Guardians. You could have put Venom on the Guardians like he does in the comics. And that could have that been cool. Guns. What's cooler than guns? Yeah, it would have been guns are rad. Swords, had, swords perhaps. Could have had swords. <laughs> and like, could have had an interesting movie. That is that you could still leave it open to? Then at some point, the symbiote changes hands again, say back to Eddie Brock for like a villainous kind of thing. Because building a sort of anti hero sort of role out of Venom in these movies here, again, it leaves it in a weird spot for where now, how is it going to cross over with Spider Man and have him be a villain to Spider Man? Because he doesn't have any interest in being a villain it seems it seems like he overall like again venom and eddie brock together want to be a good guy which is totally uncommon for the comics and they also don't have any kind of personal vendetta against spider-man so it's just a very weird spot they've left it in yeah so i let's see i'm trying to think of anything else to say before we get into because once we get into the credit scene i think that probably be the i mean last kind of thing we talk about but what did you think of woody harrelson (laughs) I like I have no opinion. Like it's just like whatever. Kinda, There's no fun. scene. It's like it's like I'm watching two different movies. Yeah. Like well, like I said, it's like it's really for most of the movie they don't yeah, meet. Yeah, exactly. I also want to say like I, this felt very small in scale to me. This movie, like weirdly so. Not even just like oh, it only takes place in San Francisco, but like strangely small in scale. Where like. I feel like just the way it was shot and like maybe there's a lot of CGI going on here is kind of thing where you get to that sort of like uncanny valley of like, is that a real place they're even at? And like a lot of the shots just feel kind of sort of claustrophobic and it's like, are they even really at a different place? And it's all at night, which is 
does a weird thing, I feel like, psychologically, watching it. Or not all at night, but obviously mm-hmm. it's, like, overwhelmingly taking place at night. And, like, I don't know, man. Like I said, it just has something of a lack of polish to it. Beyond, like, the physical script itself and what they're literally saying, which is already not great. And then the performances, which are weird. It's, like, there's just a lot. They probably pumped 90% of this budget into doing the big CGI monster battles because that's what obviously those those monster fights you know that's nothing but CGI right so like oh yeah I mean anytime Venom or some uh Carnage is on screen that's going to be entirely CGI so I feel like they really needed to pump that up and uh probably everything else suffered a little another another thing that I don't get is that because I knew the general plot of Venom because like I'd watched stuff about it. I didn't watch the actual movie, but I like I, it's been out for a while and I didn't like hide from spoilers. I just like, you know, from just perusing around the internet, superhero circles and such. They just do the same arc twice for Venom and Eddie because the first movie they're together and they fight and they don't want to be together and they're out of odds and in the end going, hey, we're both losers. Let's team up. And the second movie, they're at odds. They fight. And at the end, they come together to beat the villain. So you just did the same movie twice. No, you're totally correct. Why did you do that? That's why I thought it was weird when Venom was like, in this movie, was like, screw you, Eddie, you're a loser. Because they literally had that moment in the last movie where Venom was like, yeah, actually, Eddie, I'm a loser too. We can be buddies or whatever. Because that literally already happened. So when he says, I'm like, "Did did we forget the development from the last movie? Like, what? I mean, it's, Eddie calls him out. Eddie even says, hey, you're a loser, too. They didn't want yeah. you. They left for space without you. And, like, like it, it even plays out the same way. Because in the last movie, what happened was the girlfriend character is, like, she. that's when, in the last movie, she, she takes on Venom. And then she shows up. And she's like, hey, Eddie, I've got Venom. Team up again. And then they do. So, like, they really did the exact same thing in a lot of ways. What else to say that... Now, another note I have here before... So, the last two notes I have written here, I'll just read them both out because they both apply. Because let's just get into that mid... Let's just get to the credit scene because that's the only interesting part of this movie. I wrote, mid credit scene was very interesting. And then I, I wrote something else and I crossed it out along the lines of, doesn't quite fit in the MCU super well. But we'll get into that. And then the second, last one is, possibly made this movie to tie in because it's so short and nothing really happened. Which is what I, what I think. Is that this movie is like 90 minutes, which is the standard length so that i'm like and nothing happens like the same arc occurs and they get rid of carnage immediately so they're back to like a fucking sitcom they're back to fucking zero so it's like i feel like they're just doing it to be like and another movie and this and now yeah. he's like free to be on his own no you're totally right because like again because when the- yeah it feels like while you're watching the movie nothing's happening at the end of the movie you're right they're kind of back to square one um, because the first movie ends with him and Venom have decided to team up. They've killed all the other symbiotes. They're like, let's do it. We can figure it out. And they're like, that girl, that girlfriend of mine, I'm going to get her eventually. I'm going to get her back. Don't you worry. And then in this movie, no, nothing really progresses in any direction. <laughs> they get yeah. another symbiote. They beat it up. And then him and Venom are still kind of iffy or they're solid now, I guess. And he also still isn't back with his girlfriend. So. She's getting and, married, so yeah. <laughs> and then nothing. Yeah, you're right. Uh, what professor? I think the real answer is that like 
the last one made a good amount of money. And so they're probably like, I guess if we just do the same thing, whatever people liked about that first one, they'll like about this one. Yeah, it'll just, it'll pop up randomly. So now when I went to see this in my theater, when that mid credit scene happened, I was truthfully, I did not see that coming. I was shocked. I mean, I was shocked. I was like, oh, they're like actually doing it. Like I, I for the longest time with the end credits scene being that Venom is now tied into Spider-Man in the MCU, Tom Holland's, which whatever. But people like went bananas in my theater. Like fucking you thought that we just landed, we just landed on the moon or conquered Russia, <laughs> like cheering. And I was like, I hate this. I hate this movie. I hate these people. I, I, I wish for this to never have happened. I wish the ring had never come to me. Uh, but so do I to live to see such times. But I was like, it doesn't, it doesn't fit. Like, I actually. So to... what the end credit scene is? Hold on. Let me derail you. Really what do you want to say? I also want to talk about my screening. I, I should have probably earlier. But um. Okay. There was. There was yeah, two you should have. But whatever. Listen. Listen up. There's two guys next to me who very much enjoyed this movie. They were absolutely loving it, and it made me hate this movie <laughs> even more. <laughs> they were literally sitting there. They every, like, I swear to God, it felt like every third line, someone would say something that was meant to be a punchline or funny or whatever the hell, and they would just repeat it out loud at like pretty much full speaking volume because they found it so amusing. Like, ugh. Eddie Brock would be like, "Ah, oh, this is crazy," or whatever, and then the guy would be like, "This is crazy," and I just, it's terrible, Jack. I hated it. I hated it very much. And at God, one point, one of them said out loud, "Like this is a good movie," and I was just like, Mm-mm, "It's not. I disagree. I don't know what you're watching, the guy." But are you are you blind, sir? Are you in the wrong movie? <laughs> you know, as they say, Zach, hell is other people. Sir, have you got a? Have you have a, do you have an iPad there with some headphones on which you're watching a different film? Oh, oh you you have watching the oh <laughs> oh perhaps you're partaking in 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 a, a Tarantino film of some kind or or some other good work. Even oh, no? even a even you... a Fast and Furious film perhaps. <laughs> Anything? Oh, oh no, this movie. Oh, you must be watching you must be watching Thor: The Dark World. Ah yes, uh, uh, very good, sir. Oh, you're not. Oh. oh. Well, perhaps, perhaps you have Saving oh Private Ryan over there. The first Pirates of the Caribbean <laughs> film, perhaps. That's a good movie. Yes. Perhaps oh, no. Citizen Kane. Oh, you're watching Venom 2. Let there be carnage. Oh, also, uh, one of the absolute worst uses of the title in the movie that I've ever seen in a movie ever. Uh, yeah. It was atrocious. I was like, there's no way. I mean, he, he, uh, as it was happening, I was like, this can't be. And he literally just does. <laughs> he literally is just like let there be carnage. It's just like, what are you doing? Who's that for? Yeah. What? See the title, Carnage? Are you? Is this? Are you breaking the fourth wall right now? What are the, Did the writer see that uh, scene from Family Guy that cutaway when he goes, and that's why I must be Superman for the quest for peace. And he goes, oh, that's why they call it that. Like that's literally what they did. Terrible. Terrible. What? They did enough of the carnage. So bad. Like I couldn't believe at the end of. I swear to God, at the end of uh, Venom. The reason they did that was literally because they were like, we don't trust anyone to recognize Cletus Cassidy otherwise. Um, when they did the scene where he's like, when I get out of here, there's going to be carnage. And everyone everyone cheered and clapped and pissed and shit themselves in the theater. But there was a shaking of hands and a, and a, <laughs> a waving of hands. But so, like, 
in this movie when they just kept talking about carnage i was like they're they're really overdoing it i feel and then at the end when he literally said out loud let there be carnage i'm just like well what did i expect really yeah this movie movie did everything else it might as well have a shoehorned like of the title in so yeah i guess he's gonna be in the back back, man three right back on my rail here's i oh my god like I call oh my god, I can't believe. Like, oh, it makes me like upset. Like, not even upset, but like, my brain is trying to do the math of how that's even gonna like be good, because, like we just said, Tom Holland, Tobey Maguire, and Andrew Garfield don't know who Sp- don't know who Venom is. Well, Tobey Maguire does. Oh, okay, okay. No, you're right. That's true. I t- I forgot. But so it's, I don't know how that's gonna play in. Like, well, because again, that's even worse. Then you're right. At first, he kills like, other Venom. At first, you're like, maybe they're gonna, maybe he's just gonna be good, and like, it's gonna be a team up, which is not even unheard of. Sometimes Spider-Man and Venom team up, and like you said, I guess nowadays maybe he's just fall on a hero. I really don't know. But then when he sees him, he it seems like his immediate reaction is that he wants to eat Spider-Man. So. Uh, uh, what's going on? Why? Like the timing of that is very strange. I, I feel like uh, the way they shoved it in is not very friendly to the uh, the lore that's been established. And now we, and not to be fair, we've not seen Far From Home, but from what we can glean from the trailer, the multiverse event is a reaction to him trying to make everyone forget that he was Spider-Man. And so it doesn't make sense that Venom jumps over and then the first thing he sees is a thing talking about how Peter Parker is Spider-Man. Because that's, like, opposite, right? That's, like, the whole point. That's the opposite of the whole Unless point. part of the, the I didn't even think of that. That's a great point. The movie is that, like, it totally fails and no one forgets. I guess, again, we haven't seen the movie, so I, I probably shouldn't do that too harshly. But even still, it's very strange. And, again, I don't know why he seems... I guess they just decided he is going to be a villain to him because he... Yeah, he seems to want to eat him, right? He's like, ah, yummy. Let me lick this TV. (laughs) So I don't know what that is. I I guess Venom have just, we're once again just going to throw away all the development and they're just going to be bad guys. I guess. But again, they have no, because I remember, they have no reason to dislike him. They've never met, they've never met him. I just don't even get it. See, and I was, and what I remember, I remember leading up to this movie that. It, I think it was right around maybe the Far From Home trailer or whenever it came out that Marvel put out a thing that said, I think it was Far From the universe is expand, the multiverse is expanding or something. Something's expanding. And Venom, too, had a tagline in their material that, had, that was exactly the same, like verbatim, the same wording. And everyone was like, ooh, maybe. And I was like, please, God in heaven, hear my prayers. No. And then it was, and I was like, ah, oh, Jesus. Because, like, he's not interesting. Like, I'm not, I don't want him to be there because, like we keep saying, like, it still has to be a Spider-Man movie. This movie is not going to be four hours long. Like, this movie is two and a half hours focused on Spider-Man. We can't do anti-hero Venom. Well, And let's assume that half the rumors are true. We can't do five of the Sinister Six, or maybe Venom is going to be the sixth, and they're going to be the Sinister Six of the MCU, and two other Spider-Man, and Doctor Strange, and Wong, and the X-Men, maybe? And Scarlet Witch? Like, 
what is this movie? What yeah. what's even gonna happen? <laughs> and like, here's the thing: is that you can't. There is certain whatever they do end up doing with Venom, they are certainly not doing the black suit plot in this in this Spider-Man film, right? There, no, not at all. Simply could not be any time. It's bad enough, obviously, and people disliked it well enough when they tried to do it in Spider-Man Three. Even is to do the whole black suit saga in that one movie. You definitely cannot do it in a movie as crowded as this. And so, you and I, I should have mentioned this earlier. You're gonna once again end up with like I don't know what they're gonna do with Venom and like creating any kind of like relationship connection to spider-man peter parker because i think another big thing is problem that i have with these movies is that because they decided so starkly to have it separate and in no way connected to peter parker is that venom is also just more boring as a as a character like power wise and appearance wise because they decided to not do the spider-man thing he does not look like Venom because he doesn't have the white spider symbol because he didn't take that from Spider-Man, which I guess I get. Like, it makes sense. I mean, I guess for continuity's sake, they've made it the correct choice. But he also doesn't obviously do any kind of webbing then. And he just is just a big lumbering monster. Like, that's all he kind of does. I mean, he has the stuff. But he, he jumps around kind of. I don't know how they're gonna address that in this movie either. Like maybe it's could it could even be as simply like of a scene of Venom like sees Spider Man is like ah oh, that's pretty good, and then alters himself, just copies him. Yeah, which I guess would be fine or whatever. But I agree, it's a strange choice to add him in. I guess we should have seen it coming. Like if anything, he's a more obvious inclusion than a lot of the other ones, um, mm-hmm. because he you know the Venom this Sony Venom universe is an ongoing project, you know, unlike the Tobey Maguire, Andrew Garfield stuff, which is totally defunct. Um, but yeah, man, I don't know. Guess we'll see. Like you said, he cannot be in it that much. Cause there's simply not enough time in the day. Yeah. Like, I, mean, I just I, like, I, don't want him. I don't know why they, again, why they did it the way they did because it does not seem to follow the continuity correctly unless the implication is that somehow which it was a very weird way to do it because like unless the implication is that venom showing eddie brock because he has a moment he's like oh we know a bunch of shit let me let me share you with you all the all the you know knowledge of the symbiotes unless it's implied we're meant to understand that that is what caused this like what caused him to jump over? I don't know why that was included. It felt felt kind of weird. No, that that wasn't because he distinctly asks Venom what's going on. He says, "I'm not doing this. Isn't me. I don't know what's going on." Yeah. So, so it's like, just yeah. Like I, I agree. Happened. Why are they? Why are they watching a Spanish television show? So it does in a hotel. So then, yeah, my my point still stands that why have they jumped over into the other universe and then they also can see right away that Peter Parker is Spider-Man. That doesn't, that doesn't work continuity-wise. And here's, here's another thing about that. I guess we're going to do some... I'm going to do some No Way Home stuff. Based on the trailer for this movie, Venom would imply that what Doctor Strange does is that he pulls all these people into the, Marvel, into the 999 universe or whatever, six, whatever the hell this universe is, would be numbered or called... But the trailer suggests that Peter Parker and Doctor Strange are pushed 
out of their universe into separate ones where they encounter these other characters who know Peter, but not Tom Holland's Peter. So that's confusing too, because I'm like, well, then what happens oh, in the movie? That's a very good point, isn't it? That the movie's called No Way yeah. Home. Presume, like implying seemingly that that he because yeah, remember he fall he falls through that portal when like the the city does that thing from Doctor Strange's movie where like it folds uh -huh. into like a circle and him and Doctor Strange are traveling around and he meets Doc Ock like like what's going on like what what are we doing here man yeah, that's, that's a good point actually uh, yeah like it's uh, just it's infuriating. So also beyond measure, bad movie and uh, bad movie. Said earlier, if you like this movie, I uh, I could not be your friend. Good on you, more power to you. But do I think you shouldn't be able to vote? Yes. Do I think you shouldn't own land? Yes. Do I think you should be allowed to sow, sow children and have a family? No. But I think you should be stripped of your rights and live among the wastes. I'll send you to the threefold land. But ultimately, but a little time home. for you. It's not our call, is it? And so the world will continue. It's not our call. Do, unfortunately. If it was, and oh boy, a lot of people in the waste. There'd be a lot of people in the waste. They're probably oh going to make a third. So strap in for that someday, guys. <sighs> Good God. Venom 3. <sighs> Venom 3, the Venoming. Oh boy, more Venom. Oh boy, more Venom. <laughs> Let there be Venom. Or maybe it'll just Venom, be Venom 3. You're still watching? Maybe they're just going to do all of them. <sighs> so just every movie would be Let There Be Toxin. Venom, Venom three. Let there be Agent Venom. Venom three. Let there be well, Venom four. Let them be. Let there be Anti Venom. Oh, Stu Monk. Right on the list. That's got it. Actually, I'm calling it for anyone who uh, cares if if we still even exist um, at that point. If slash when they make a third Venom movie, it's gonna be it's gonna involve Anti Venom. Is my is my uh, guess. Yes. God. All right. Let's let's act attack into something that's. So much better. We want to talk about episode seven of Marvel's What If? Eight. Eight. No, surely not. You sure? You know, it's eight. It's eight. Oh, okay, cool. Episode seven eight of, of Marvel's What If? Got <laughs> that other stuff. So, pretty good. So good. So much better than Venom. A thousand times better. Oh my Venom God. Was, Venom was pretty brisk at a quick 90 minutes, but, uh, your time would probably just be better served watching this episode like three times, really, realistically. Oh yeah, hundred percent. Probably a better time. Probably a hundred times. I wish this episode was longer. Truthfully. Yeah. Uh, so this is what if Ultron wins, mm -hmm. and uh, when he does, yeah, like so like very impressive. You know, it ends up kind of obviously this episode sort of ends up split, sort of uh, between. Like the, the sort of like main grounded plot in that that universe of Hawkeye and Black Widow trying to undo it, and then obviously Ultron himself, it sort of blows out and he he does a bunch of universe skipping, right? Universe hopping around, he tries to find the Watcher. So I will say I did like the Black Widow Hawkeye stuff. It was pretty good. I. Enjoyed how Grim got, oh, yeah. um, which makes sense to me that Hawkeye in particular would be having a really, really bad time. Because his whole family was dead. That's like his whole thing in the MCU. So I thought that was good. 
not gonna lie, I didn't realize that Hawkeye was in this. Like the last, I, I didn't expect that either. Last time we talked about it, we both were sort of under the impression that it was just gonna be Black Widow. So it was a pleasant surprise because, as I've talked about before, big Hawkeye guy here, big fan. Good on him. Massive Hawkeye man. Big Hawkeye boys around here, and it was Jeremy Renner reprising his role, of course. So love it. More power to him. What a guy. Absolute king. Um. So that was good, even though it was kind of sad. And, like, he was just, like, at the end, obviously, he just sacrificed himself. One, obviously, you know, for the, the good of the, the situation. But also, I feel like he was just kind of like, man, I really have no interest in continuing. I, I really just want to die. Like, I have I don't want to live anymore. Really I was like, enough. oh, that's kind of grim. And I can't even don't know if I can uh, really, really fault him. Because the state they're I, at, it, it kind of seemed like it's hopeless. It, it kind of goes back to what we always say, kind of off-pod, we talk about how living in the apocalypse is fun until you have to live through the apocalypse, and yeah. uh, everybody's kind of dead, and there's no structure, and your life yeah. is over. It's always like, oh, I would do this in a zombie apocalypse, and it'd be super cool, and like, I'd go just loot a store, because you could. But then you'd be like, man, everyone I know is dead, and there's no more water. That's yeah, like there's no water. potable water. Uh, there's no like internet or Wi-Fi or I don't know if my uncle across the country is still alive. Like I've got like everyone I know could be dead. I've got this truck bed full of Doritos, but when these Doritos are gone, I will never get Doritos again. <laughs> these Doritos yeah. are they're all I have for Doritos. They're I all mean, I have I left. Looted, There's no I looted that entire Walmart of Doritos, but that's only so much Doritos. <laughs> this this is a finite amount of everything. I gotta hunt for food. All the pizza there's, rolls there's went lines bad. On, they all went bad before I could get <laughs> them, Jack. I can't. I'll never taste a Totino's pizza roll again. There's no there's more chicken a... wings because there's nobody to oh, make them. There are now lions. Lions and tigers are loose in the woods because the zoos are like no more, and all the animals escaped. So now there's predators, Terrible. like actual real life predators. There's men with guns. So there's ligers. Oh, yeah. No, there's there are zombies trying to eat me. No, thank you. I, so I I see yeah. where Hawkeye's coming from. If they did a bunch of nukes, I probably would also just be like, man, I don't have, I'm not enjoying this anymore. I'd this rather. This sucks. I'm not having I'm, any fun. I'm not having any fun. I'd, I'd call my mom and go, mom, come pick me up. I want to go home. I want to go home. Please. The kids are being mean. The, the killer robots are being mean to me. I would like to leave. I'm, I'm scared. They're st- they started launching the nukes of all the world. I want to go home. I'm scared. So. What did you think about, um, so like ultimately the premise for this one is just like the, the, you know, the sort of tweak of it is in Age of Ultron, what if Ultron had retrieved the vision body and actually been able to put himself into it? So like, I I thought that was obviously interesting the way they, they went with that because ultimately oh, vision yeah. is like what allows them to win an age of ultron so it makes sense like that's that's kind of the, the piece that you need to alter um and because vision is For so it. powerful clearly if ultron had been able to put himself in it, he would have been quite the force to be reckoned with yeah, he would have been even more powerful than he was like either two of them like yeah as separate entities say- are powerful but if yeah, yeah. you combine them they're doubly strong i would say i do not care i didn't care for how he looked because i don't think I don't see why he would look like Vision. Um, because there's that moment in Age of Ultron, after Vision is whatever, born, that 
I don't know if you recall this, but he alters his appearance to look like Thor, it, it, it seems. That he's inspired by Thor right, to yeah. take the cape and the uh, boots even. like Originally, he's very green in the MCU, I think, like when he first gets out of there. And then like he adds a lot more of the color and the cape and everything. So I didn't personally love that he just looked like Hero Vision. I don't know why they mm-hmm. went that route instead of... I think probably it's still recognizability so yeah. people can like track. Yeah, probably. So it's not a big deal. But I did like once he got his like fully upgraded thing. And so he did have like he was silvery and like again. Um, but had, I had like the drop the down mask. Yeah, the vision head underneath was cool. What did you think of how easily he took on? I Bano? was going to mention that. That's the one thing when I saw it, I was like, that's weird. I don't super love that. I think it's one of those. It's like there's been a couple instances of this in this show where you kind of just got to accept it first and foremost, I think, right? Of like, this isn't exactly correct, and they're not super like obsessed with getting the law right, so just kind of run with it. Mm -hmm. Um, but beyond that, even looking at it like more realistically or realistically, whatever, from the perspective of the actual MCU, I think you could even take it as like uh, a sort of thing of like in the movies really i guess infinity war and endgame thanos talks a lot he's a big monologuer he's like a classic villain monologuer right he loves mm-hmm. it yeah and so i feel like they were even trying to point out that like if you were just a killer robot who didn't give a shit and was like no nonsense maybe you could just get him by surprise and cut him in half because he's expecting to like have you listen to him talk at you plays out his evil plan yeah. Because if you if you compare that, like the obviously the exact sort of shot that they took it from, right, of him stepping through the portal, um, that's the scene from Infinity War where he he arrives on Titan, and then him and Doctor Strange have like a good long chat. <laughs> yeah, he talks. He just gives his backstory. Like, I feel like the the joke is kind of, hey, if you just didn't let him do that and just got him, you might be able to. And I think, like yeah, you said, get the jump on him. Vision and Ultron together, um are probably like more powerful than either are separate. And I think I think Vision is probably more powerful than we give credit for himself. Um I feel like he, he probably holds himself back at times to like mm-hmm. stop from like truly hurting and killing people because I don't think he's about that. But if you did put him in Vision, if you put Ultron in him, I think Ultron would just be cutting people in half with that head laser his. That's true. That I know a lot of people are pointing out that like in Infinity War Vision, it's like, why didn't Vision do that? Was it like, well, he was like injured and weak, yeah, and like he's, starting he's, to be disconnected from the Mind Stone, so like crippled. he's not at full strength throughout most of that movie. Yeah, he's crippled immediately in that film for this exact reason, maybe. Yeah, to, like, yeah, because otherwise he would be too powerful. And like, it's one of those things but where I, you, uh, kind I, of, you can get kind of like, well, how come Vision's laser can cut through Thanos, but like Thanos is resistant to Iron Man lasers and and he's resistant to Molnir hits and stuff, and it's just like, eh. That's comics, man. Just kind of go along yeah, with it. That's yeah. kind of what it comes down Because people in comic books tank, even, like, technically, like, normal level tank, things that should be deadly all the time. Like, Captain America is ultimately not... He's strong, but he's not, like, superhuman in strength. He's not... He's no Superman, right? He's, he's not nigh invulnerable. And Spider... Or, uh... Well, Spider-Man, too, even, for that matter. But... Captain America will be tanking like laser blasts and weird alien ray guns and shit all the time. So like, yeah. I think you just, it's just ultimately 
like anything in comics or just friggin' stories in general, it's kind of to the needs of the story. And, like, in this situation, the story they wanted to tell was Vision ending up, or Ultron, rather, ending up with all the Infinity Stones, right? And so they're like, all right, we're going to have Thanos roll up and then just kill him. Because otherwise, like, what? Are they going to, are we going to have, you know, uh, a prolonged, drawn-out fight scene? Like, that. that's clearly not what they wanted to do with this. So they're just like, yeah, it'll, it'll, take, it'll take away from the point of the episode. The only other thing I wanted to say about that is I did think it was weird that Thanos had the time stone. Um, yeah, that I had also I thought was strange. Vision himself, because yeah, he wouldn't, had not already that. acquired it. Um, but other than that, whatever. If anything, that would have maybe made it more possible. Yeah, I, maybe I, if when Thanos had arrived, Ultron himself had two had two stones, and then it would make it a much more sort of even fight, you know? Yeah, because then he could use time; he could like freeze yeah. time on Thanos or do whatever to Instead him. Of one on five, two on four would have been a little bit more plausible, maybe. But yeah, I don't think it's a big deal. All in all, I, I, yeah, I don't think it really takes away from the the intensity of the episode. Um, what else? I, I just like when he goes on that, like, just destroys the universe and just kills Ego and kills yeah. Xandar and just destroys the Guardians. He goes on that rampage. And then I also like when the Watcher is monologuing behind him and you can see a vision starts to look around and he looks like, he's like, who's talking? Yeah. Who are you? And then, like, I, I really like that we cut to the Watcher, like, in his, like, between reality space. He's yeah. like, uh-oh, I got to get rid of that he can't find me I agree. that was all pretty good i was gonna say he almost intervened he almost he, intervened he almost added, didn't he? And then he was drawn in like against his will um i was gonna say that yeah. that rampagey sort of bit reminded me a lot of the of the marvel zombies comic actually interesting enough um because what happens in that is basically it, this kind of is the same as the zombies episode of this show but um in that marvel zombies comic <clears throat> The zombies are like more uh sort of sane and like conscious than they are in in the uh right yeah we, yeah we talked we've so, mentioned this yeah yeah um and they also maintain their powers more and then there's also this added element of like when you eat another hero you get their powers too oh <laughs> and, shit really yeah the Marvel zombies um the Marvel Zombies one ends with them eating like a handful of the remaining zombified heroes eating Galactus and gaining the power cosmic. And then they leave earth and travel because they've eaten every human on earth and they travel the universe laying waste to every single planet they come across and just eating everyone. Um, and that kind of reminded me of that because they go to like, it's the same kind of thing as like Ultron stopped over at each and every planet and just kind of assimilated them. And uh, they did the same kind of thing. Even down to, like, in that comic, they go to Ego, and they just eat Ego. Jesus. So, I thought that was kind of fun. It was like, this whole, yeah, this is kind of traveling the universe, just destroying everything, was reminiscent of that to me. And then, even down to the thing of, like, once they finish, they're like, what do we do now? <laughs> We've eaten everything. And Everything's... Ult Ultron has that sort of moment. Yeah. So, it's like a machine without a purpose. We talked about uh, the whole, like, when is the Watcher going to have to intervene? And obviously it happens, sort of, this episode. Is when the whole sort of multiverse situation is, is broken open here, right? 
because Ultron mm. now has through the power of the Infinity Stones and everything has figured out how to uh, just kind of travel between them at will, and he seems bent on uh, destroying pretty much all of them, everything. Right? Yeah, just because his whole thing is like the only way you can have peace is if everyone's dead. So I guess that's what he's about. Um, so yeah, it seems like the end of this episode where uh, the Watcher gets with Strange Supreme seems to to be the sort of uh, like preface to the team we were waiting for. Yeah, yeah. I think uh, we're gonna be dragging it from previous episodes, and we're gonna have a bit of a multiverse team. I really liked when uh the him and the Watcher kind of go blow for blow, and the Watcher's like, "Well, no, I can still fight you. Like my will is stronger than yours." I mean, he kind of still gets his ass kicked. Yeah. He's punching him through universes and just punching and punching him. But I, it's really interesting. Um, I the really the probably the my favorite shot was when Hawkeye sacrificing himself and he's like him falling and all the Ultron bots and there's like the light behind him. That was cool. Uh, they do the Zemo stuff, which is always fun. Yes, he's I in a computer. Definitely likes the Zemo stuff. That's one of my favorite scenes from Civil or uh, the Winter Soldier, is is the uh, MCU sort of interpretation of Zemo or Zola. Sorry. Oh yeah, Zola, and that's Zemo. Excuse me. Um, that was my yeah. mistake. So next week, I think we're working towards that team up. Learning at all the learning at our multiverse sort of Avengers. Yeah, I, just, I hope this one's longer though, like forty minutes or something, so they can really fit everything in. What do you think of as this one was Ultron as a sort of. As as the world ending threat, I I think that's appropriate. They finally given Ultron uh his time in the sun as like I a, agree, right? A threat. That's that's yeah. one of people's big complaints about Age of Ultron is that they take care of it a little too easily. Ultron's pretty easily defeated. Yeah. Whereas yeah, this is more like the scale that you can kind of expect from the comics. Obviously, you know, i.e., Age of Ultron. Um, the sort of galactic stuff ties into yeah. like there's a period where Ultron is banished to space. And then he assimilates the uh, this like cyborg like uh, robotic kind of race out in space, and then he like tries to lead a conquest of of the sort of cosmic side of the MCU or the Marvel universe, um, which is pretty cool. So this kind of harkens to that as well. So yeah, mm-hmm. I agree. I feel like Ultron is one of those characters who can believably be like the you know the Avengers level sort of threat. So. It's cool to see him yeah. getting that, that opportunity. I've seen some people have like some theories that they think it'd be interesting if, like at the end of What If, while they're fighting Ultron, and they don't actually beat him, but like Kang shows up and destroys Ultron to show how much of a threat he is, and then he just leaves. Mm. So to like establish being like, well, Kang is now, like Kang takes care of Ultron, so that means he's even more powerful than he is, so he's a threat. Which I, I could get along with, but also I, I could take or leave. Like, if it happened, I wouldn't be mad about it, but I don't think it needs to happen for the story. I think they can, they've already kind of introduced Kang in like a cosmic horror kind of way with Loki. How, like, well, everything you've done, I've chosen, and it's for a reason, and it has to happen, or all the bad ones are going to show up, and I'm going to come eventually because they're going to try to kill everybody. So I think it could go either way, personally. Yeah, definitely remains to be seen how. This stuff is all going to tie into the sort of the the main line, um, because again, we've talked about before, but like some of the characters in this are rumored to to make the jump to the MCU in some fashion or another in like Doctor Strange and stuff. So 
but it'd be definitely interesting to see where this leaves off. And again, as we've talked about many times, we're, we seem to be in sort of the multiverse phase of the, the MCU here. Ult- ultimately, I think whatever happens, it shall not be the last we see of this kind of stuff. Especially because there's you know, a, a, a what if phase or uh, season two already already announced, right? So. Yeah, I wonder if that one will tie in as much. If it will just be like, well, we did the like, what if storyline to introduce it when the watcher pulls in, or if this one, the second season will just be like, they're just one off kind of goofy and they're not, they don't really worry about it. Like they're not the gonna tie in or together. It's like if they do the same thing, I feel like that would be kind of I don't know boring or whatever. Is if they just did the same. All right, we have a bunch of one-offs, and then they all, at the end, tie together to face one sort of threat. But I think even then, it would probably be fine. I don't think I would mind. Too. Yeah, I, yeah, I think whatever they'll do, it'll be better than Venom 2, that's for sure. Because <laughs> literally, literally anything would be. Pretty much. All right, Ack Attack. There's, uh, they've, they've announced the proper premiere date for the Book of Boba Fett, which... Yes. Uh, they said it was going to be this year, and they just barely scraped it in, didn't they? December 29th. Yeah, it's literally the last week of the year. The last, literally the last moment on a Wednesday they could possibly scrape it in. And I so, would argue that... Two days before New Year's. I would argue this confirms my previous uh, theory that the final Hawkeye episode is going to air on Christmas Eve or Christmas Day. Um, because I feel like it's unlikely that they would air the finale of Hawkeye on the same day as the premiere of the Book of Boba Fett. I, I agree. Think, I think that's all. I certainly fun. agree. Unless they did want to double up, which would be fun. I guess. Um, that's kind of all they showed, though. Yeah, I, to I, talk about. I'm sure we'll... It's got a picture of him sitting in a chair. Yeah, it's just him sitting in a chair. It's the same chair he sat in at the end of the, at the Mandalorian Season 2, right? So he still got the chair. Yeah. But that, mean, that means Mandalorian Season 3 is like a year out still. Which I don't know. Kind of about. I think it could be relatively soon after well, this, like early next year. So, like, like a uh, quarter one next. Year. You think so? Uh, I, from what I've seen, that's not what I've been I seeing. I've seen filmed them back to back. I've, so, to me, that means they could premiere almost back. I saw they they weren't going to start season three until this one started. Like once Buffett starts airing, oh. they're start they're going to start filming the other one. Huh. Well, in that case, you could be right. I don't know. It seems like they have inconsistent lead times on some of this stuff because the Mandalorian yeah. season two, they obviously cranked out in less than a year because that only started, I think, after season one. And it still, you know, came out like pretty much exactly a year after. I don't know, though. I mean, let's see. Let's do- I know like Quick research has been going for a while. It's like, it's got to be done, right? Surely. Asian and I would have to. I would have thought Obi-Wan 2 for that matter, because those have both seemed to have been in various stages of production for really ever. Um, oh, yeah. Uh, this says, as of a day ago, filming was underway for The Mandalorian Season 3. Um, but that Pedro Pascal was not present. It's not I guess he's deal. been fired. Yeah, <laughs> probably. I think that just <laughs> means that they probably don't need him. For better or worse, I know yeah, this is thing that people get a little like have, have been sort of somewhat whatever you'd call it on in the past uh, couple seasons, but I don't think Pedro Pascal is actually present for as much filming as you might think. I think a lot of the time when he's not showing his face, it's very liable to be a stunt person doing it. He just yeah, he just does his voices. Yeah, I think a lot of it is him just doing voices. Some ADR afterwards. So. Yeah, 
pretty cool. Um, like I said, I, I, I guess my thing is, if they just start cranking out some Star Wars content of some kind, I think I'd probably be okay. I think the Bad Batch is certainly going to be on time for, like, uh, next year. I would uh, I would guess it's going to be out the same time next year as it was this year, pretty much. Right. Uh, um, and I, Cassian and Obi-Wan have both got to be in pretty close to being able to show at this point i would imagine i mean i know. i've heard i've heard they're coming up this this ne- next year i heard they're coming out they should yeah, be they should a rumor to come out they gotta be so as much as i would love a mandalorian season three as long as we got some other stuff to hold us over in between that and i think i think there's a big chance that the book of boa fett stuff will have um some some stuff that will carry over i think i I think there's probably going to be some some plot points and and whatnot that are going to tie into the Mandalorian stuff. Yeah, definitely. So, um, do you have much else to say for that? We're probably going to talk more specifics once we get. Yeah, I'm sure. Once yeah, when we get closer, we'll yeah. talk about it and probably we'll, we'll probably do a pre- probably do like a predictions for that. Like we. Yeah. Yeah. Um. Well, did you have anything else to mention? No, not really. Probably just. Right. Uh, I think you were mentioned. Ack attack. Ack attack. Uh, okay. OTL. Scarlett Johansson and uh, Disney settled their lawsuit there. And uh, yay! I believe specifically she said something to the effect of like, "Look forward to uh, collaborating again." Right. So. Thanks for the money. I can't wait to see you uh, to get more money. That's, that's good, at least, I guess. Once again, as I said earlier, but uh, yeah, basically just they settled the lawsuit, which is cool, I guess. Ultimately, the sort of like politics of these, uh, you know, multi-billion dollar studios and whatnot aren't super like important to me. But at the same time, right? Yeah, she she should get what she's owed, I suppose, right? So get on her for that. Yeah, she did the work. You know, people pointed out throughout the like she's made the money. Yeah, yeah. like on on some ways it can feel like oh man, it's really I'm super worried if this multi multi millionaire gets their money from the multi multi billion dollar company. That's really like keeping me up at night. <laughs> um, and I yeah, I really hope, hope hope the little guy wins. But it's it's kind of like I've talked before with the Sony Marvel kerfuffle that happened a couple years back. It was like man. Which of these massive multimedia juggernauts am I supposed to feel bad for? Like, mm-hmm. but again, I suppose in this situation she was definitely in the right, and like she should get what she's deserved. And you know, I think she won something like forty million dollars from them or something. I heard. Ultimately, it's not a good precedent to set. Some... Disney just trample over everyone, and like it's they've we've probably already set too much of that precedent already. So, ultimately, it's a good thing yeah. in the butt that they should treat their actors better. I agree. So, yeah. Um, I'm trying to find the quote. I anyway, I could have sworn I read it somewhere earlier. This I don't know. I got nothing. <laughs> I thought there was some. Uh, I thought she had some quote where she said that she was open to like collaborating with them again. Oh, oh, I found it. Um, oh, there you go. She says, "I am happy to have resolved our differences with Disney." I'm incredibly proud of the work we've done together over the years and have greatly enjoyed my creative relationship with the team. I look forward to continuing our collaboration in years to come. So, 
cool. Once again, from the perspective of just a consumer who is ultimately just, you know, the only thing I want out of Disney is to make good movies, realistically. Uh, yeah, exactly. <laughs> if they can continue to make movies, that's okay for me. Good on them. Yeah. Good for them. Good. Good for them. Good for everyone involved. And I think that about wraps it up, probably. Right? Yeah, I think. Not, not a ton to talk about this week. Uh, so I guess we'll just end it here. You still want for a while, though, right? Yeah, I think so. Got a good, a good amount of time, even with a little bit. Did you want to say, like, All right. coming up here? Because next week's the last episode of um, What If. There's not a lot of, like, episodic stuff going on. I feel like we've been spoiled because pretty much since we've started this podcast, every week. There's something every week to talk about. Yeah. There has been a new episode of either a Marvel or Star Wars show to discuss. And there's there will not be uh, for a couple weeks until we get into um, the Eternals. Well, the Eternals, but I mean, like as far as TV shows, like week to week stuff, it's gonna be. Oh, not till Hawkeye then. I think we'll we'll be getting into Wheel of Time and Hawkeye around the same time, like back pretty close to each other. Right? Yeah, those are pretty close. So those will those will be our next ones. But other than that, it's gonna be kind of slow here. But we had a bunch of movies we were looking at going to see, so. Yeah, we're probably going to do Dune, um, possibly The French Dispatch, and probably The Duel. And, well, next week... The thing with The Duel is that... What's next week? Is uh, James Bond we were talking about seeing. Oh, right, right, right. Yes, yes, yes. We were. Um, Once again, for stories that that you have no, no, like, connection to. uh, Yeah. I think we're going to try to get you to see some of the more recent ones, at least. And then we'll talk about uh, no time to die. Uh, yeah, I think that should work. Probably. Which yeah, uh, I th- is a is a series I'm all about. I'm very invested in. One thing that was pretty funny is when we went to see Shang Chi. There, the trailer for um, No Time to Die. Since I'd never seen James Bond movie, I was like, oh, this movie's pretty crazy. There's a lot of stuff going on. I knew Daniel Craig was in it, but I was like, oh, that's a weird Ray Fiennes in this movie. They got like all these high name actors. That's weird. That's crazy. And I was just like. Have you never seen James Bond before? They're just in these movies all the time. And I was like, oh. Well, there you go. <laughs> Ray Fiennes has been in like the last three. Yeah. Uh, I, I had no idea. But yeah, it was just a happy coincidence he showed up. See, that'll be fun. Because then we'll talk about the absolutely troubled sort of like production. that Not even production, like post-production, which is weird because you don't hear about a, a bad post-production on a movie. But James Bond is like... No Time to Die is potentially the the single greatest film victim of the pandemic. Um, oh, it, it's been pushed back like a hundred times, infinite times. Um, which is also very funny for the name of the movie. Like people have made jokes about the the fact that it's called No Time to Die, um, <laughs> and they keep delaying the movie. So it's like, ah, oh, we just need a little bit more time to die if you could. Yeah, give us a little bit more time, then we'll die. I shall need some more time. Um, but yeah, hopefully it's good. The last one was the worst of the most recent ones. So hopefully they figure themselves out with this one, which is the actual, actual last Daniel Craig one. So yeah, you said the last duel. That's the week after Dune, the week after that. So yeah, we got, we got some stuff we'll be talking about in October. We'll be doing some movie things. We'll be acting. Nice like I mean, we know anything about film. We're, gonna... <laughs> We're not a bunch of Marvel comic book, <laughs> anime, manga, fantasy book shills. We're going to put on our... That... Totally study film. We're gonna film. put on our f- film student costumes and uh, pretend like we love. Uh, <laughs> I don't know, Donnie Darko. Wait, 
<laughs> that we love Citizen Kane. I'll do my best impression of a film student right now. <clears throat> student debt. Is that, is that good? Is that anything? Yes. Yeah, Sorry, Dad. I need more money to make my French film. We're gonna call it. Every- no, Dad. My beret is not a phase. From this this moment on, we shall not refer to them as movies. Um, only films. Films. When we go cinematic experience. Watch them. We are not going to the movie theater. We are going to the cinema. The cinema. It'll be a, it'll be Operation Kino all the time. Mm, yes, indubitably. Uh, yes, I don't know about the yes, cinematography on this one. Yes, it's got this <laughs> touch. I feel the lighting was a bit iffy in some of the shots. Yes. Mm. A bit shitty, don't you think? <laughs> mm, oh, no. Quite peculiar. Now, now, why would they think they chose to go with this shot, the uh, the French, the French uh, roundabout shot? Now, that was an interesting choice. Mm. In the last episode, we were like, "Well, actually, if you read the comics, Agent Venom is with Flash Thompson." Yes, he chose to use a wide-angle uh, fisheye sixty-millimeter lens on this shot. Yes, I think it was much to its its advantage, wouldn't you say? Yes, I, I must agree, must agree, must agree. But I, I think to really encapsulate the feeling of these characters, it should make a... And then we end up committing ritualistic suicide because we've become the very thing we swore to destroy. Exactly. So look forward to that, baby. Uh, big film Look board. forward to that. We're going to pretend to be... Also look forward kind of reviewers. to when we, when we do our first Wheel of Time episode for the show, we'll argue about pronunciation for an hour, maybe? Maybe more. No arguing. We're going to get that out of the way before because, we start recording. Because I'm right and you're wrong and there's no other ways about it. Okay, that's a show, I, boys. If, if, if they say I said Tar Valon, I'm... It's a show. <laughs> yeah. Uh-uh. All right, fine, fine, fine. All right, so as always, we thank you so much for listening and uh, experiencing our ever-descending mental state with us. As always, you can find us on Twitter and email us at gmail at Jazz. And as always, you can listen to us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Amazon slash Audible, and on YouTube, if anyone thinks that's fun. Uh, as always, our local was done by a friend of the show, Jeffrey Gonzalez. You can always find him at ingocean.jpg or at Redbubble. And yeah, that's about it. Tell your friends. And email the show. Tell us what you think. Tell us what you want us to watch. Because just because we watch shows doesn't mean we're not open to watching anything or doing whatever. We'll consider it. Say goodnight to the people, Zach. Good night. And good luck. Good night and Godspeed.